Hey everybody, before you listen to the show, two quick things. I hope you and your loved ones are safe, happy and healthy. Secondly, stop right now. If you haven't already, check out our free to access conveyance and service for mortgage brokers and estate agents. Mortgage brokers must check out our free to access services at the mortgagebrokerclub.co.uk including over 25 categories of mortgage broker tools. Stay well, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the MLC Show for Property Professionals. I am your host, Sean Rogers, and I am delighted to be joined on today's show by Kim Calvert of Dynamite Lifestyle. How are you, Kim? I am wonderful, Sean. How are you? Brilliant. We were just saying off camera, I love the background. For those, um, if you if you listen on a podcast or something else, you, you're missing out by not seeing <laughs> how funky Kim's office is. It's amazing. Um, so how, how have things been in this in this crazy year? How are you? Um, I have had a wonderful year, Sean. I'm not gonna lie. It's very interesting when I talk to people outside my own little bubble because they they use words like crazy and you know, all this madness. And um, to be honest, uh, within our company and within the work that we've done and, and our clients that we've been working with, we, all we've seen is quantum leaps in, in results. And um, I think it just goes to show, you know, whilst we're seeing a lot of contrast and a lot of uh, strange things happening, ultimately, we all have a decision to make. Are we going to find the opportunity or are we going to get kind of lost in the mass uh, chatter and, and stress that goes with that? So, um, I've had a great year. Uh, our clients have had a great year and um, we're excited to bring it to an end and then advance into 2021. Brilliant. And, and before Dynamite Lifestyle um, was the gorgeous, beautiful, sexy yeah. brand that it is now. <laughs> um, what was what was your sort of working career like? What were your experiences like? What was your what was your life like in the lead up to that? Yeah. Um, to, to put it very bluntly, I, I was kind of very like everybody else. I had uh, been brought up in a home to be taught, work hard, study hard, get a good job. If you get a job with a pension, you are absolutely landed and hold on to it. So um, I actually spent nine and a half years as a clinical nurse specialist uh, working in psychiatric nursing here in Northern Ireland with young people. And uh, whilst it was a, a great job, um, I was earning 35,000 a year. I was working 37 and a half hours plus all the hours that we don't count, which we always end up working. And um, essentially I kind of got to a point in my life, I was only 28, where I realized this is not sustainable. This uh, working harder and harder and harder every single year and not seeing really any fruits of that labor. There was no extra money really coming in despite I was putting in more effort. And uh, I wasn't happy in my relationships. My health was not in a good place. So I kind of made a, a decision. Um, it was actually in a pet shop. This is the defining moment of my life when I actually found myself in a pet shop and I couldn't afford the dog food. That was the changing moment in my life. Now, a lot of people will ask, you know, why can you not afford dog food when you're a band seven clinical nurse specialist? Well, I think if you ask any person right now who is deemed to have a good job, nobody has money. Very few people, when you ask them, how is life? How's things? How's the job? How's the money? It's never super positive answers. And uh, for me, that was not good enough. So um, it was that too point. Much, too much month at the end of the money. Yeah, 
Exactly, exactly. And um, I just kept seeing this pattern and I was seeing it with myself. And the scary thing for me, Sean, was I was seeing it with other therapists who were maybe 30 years ahead of me. And I'm going, you're sitting in the room next to me. I'm not sure I want to be here for 30 years. So I very much made a decision at a very low point in my life. I had 4.20. My partner had run off with a lot of money. I'd gone through a lot of personal difficulties. And I was really just kind of at rock bottom. Um, but I made a decision and I went, look, I've got, I have to take some responsibility here. I can't keep doing the same thing to expect a different outcome, but I've got to get somebody to mentor me. I need some guidance because I had no real idea. Uh, and that's when I reached out and I got a high performance mentor, uh, Bob Proctor. And uh, I started working with him. And uh, in a very short space of time, my life just completely flipped upside down. I did own that nutrition company as well, but um, I then packed that in to decide to focus my uh, career path on helping others in high performance. I think I went down the right route with mental health nursing, but honestly, the route I wanted to go down was not just to make people, you know, well by kind of World Health Organization terms, which is in the absence of disease. That's not well to me. Well is when we're living, when we are absolutely thriving and we're living the life how we want to live we've got the money we want to have we've got the time with the family we want to have so um i basically then decided i'm going to start my own company i'm going to work all over the world i'm going to waken people up one thought at a time and uh, i did that and i run a seven figure multi seven figure company just doing that i'm number one in the world for bob proctor and uh, i travel the world teaching, speaking, and mentoring individuals from all walks of life uh, to really quantum leap and multiply their results, which is pretty awesome. Oh, it's, it's, a really, it's really inspiring. Did, when you were um, setting out on that journey, um, did, you, did you actually have a vision that that's where you wanted it to go? And did you actually believe that that would happen? Or, or is this was that not necessarily your expectation, but things just snowballed in the early stages? And, well, and it's a great question, Sean. And essentially what I thought then and what I know now, looking back with a certain different level of awareness can kind of change that. At that time, what I knew was that I was not happy. What I knew, you know, when we divide what we, think is going on and we divide the ego from what what we really think i knew there was something out there better i knew there there had to be a better way i knew that there was other people in the world living a lifestyle that i wanted and there had to be a different way and then when i had this feeling i'll never forget i was sitting on my desk you know when you just come into your office and you sit down and you kind of you look out the window and it's kind of like is this it? There's got to be more. So for me, Sean, it was this feeling of something like pulling me saying there is something more out there. Now, when that pull comes, that's when, of course, our fear will creep up and go, oh, but hold on, this is a good government job. This is a secure income. All of these things, you've got a mortgage, you've got all of these things. Why would you, you know, give this up? And um, that was playing in my head as well. But for me, I couldn't sit and, and just be content. 
and I wasn't going to just conform to what the status quo was. So did I have belief in myself at the time? No. But what I did have was a feeling of knowingness that there was more. And then I did the next best thing that you could ever do. And don't even ask me how I knew to do it. But I got a mentor. You know, I didn't have to believe. I couldn't believe in me. I had no evidence. But what I could believe in is somebody else who was showing me a direct process to follow who demonstrates by results. So thankfully, I was um, somehow smart enough to, to find somebody who, who could lead me down that path of success. Brilliant. And, and what, what, was, um, what was the first day, night moment when, you know, you, you went, yes, that's um, a turning point or that's the work that I'm doing with my mentor. That, that that's the moment if you like where I realize that this is going to have an impact upon me because I'm imagining that you, you when you start when you first you know yeah. I don't know whether you had a phone call or a meeting face to face but I imagine you're going into that with a bit more hope than expectation when did the hope go and it was like wow this is going to be yeah. brilliant well I I don't I'm not even sure I went into it with some hope I went into it absolutely terrified because you got to put yourself in my position I was 28 years old I was a nurse I have no business background. My dad was an entrepreneur, so I grew up in that environment. But I had no idea. I'm also dyslexic. I absolutely hated school. I still don't know my times tables. So for me to say, I'm going to go and start a company in business, working with some of the top CEOs and multimillionaires and, and help them with success was a joke. Everyone around me laughed at me. I didn't even tell my parents. My friends thought I was crazy. All the other nurses were like, just get her out. And there's me running around going, I'm going to do this. Now, I have done it and it's wonderful. But the defining moment for me when I realized I was in the right place was I was in uh, America uh, working with Bob and I was in a seminar and uh, he said one quote, um, man, did it make an impact? And he says, if I want to be free, then I've got to be me, not the me that you think I should be, not the me my dad, my mom, my parents, my wife, my husband think I should be. But if I want to be free, I've got to be me. So I better know who me is. And that broke me because I hadn't a clue who I was. I hadn't a clue who I was on the inside. And this is what we see a lot of people. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they truly want. And we've been brought up and we fall into categories, jobs, positions, and we've all been taught the same. Work hard, get a good job, and you'll do well in life. But we've got to stop and ask ourselves, why is 97% of the population not doing that great and don't have goals, whilst 3% of the population are earning most of the money? And, and there's this thing going on and a lot of people are not realizing they're not waking up to it because they're so in the thick of just keep going, just keep going, just keep going, come up for air now and again, but don't even dare stay, just keep going. So for me, when I started to really understand how results happen, how we live in the house we live in, how we earn the money we earn every month, how everything operates in our lives when you understand the root cause of results then you have got the solution instead of treating symptoms instead of running around firefighting and reacting 
you start to respond. And for me, I think that's the number one important thing in life is that calmness of mind, that certainty and knowing of who we are. And when you've got that right, the money comes, the people come, the clients come, you know, it all falls into place. So it's really more about looking inside rather than outside. And I mean, looking at the the property sector right now, it's really interesting that there seems to be uh, not everyone, of course, but there's quite a lot of, um, I suppose, stress in that sector right now. You know, it's a crazy bubble that's going on. There's been a conveyance in logjam since March, pretty much because of, you know, lockdown, remote working, lenders taking uh, longer, you know, the the stamp duty um, offered by the government. Um, and now you've got the alternative side of that, which is by potentially not extending the deadline past the 31st of March, everyone's now in a rush to try and get all the work through that they can um, yeah. during that, that period. And that doesn't include, um, you know, the, the boom, if you like, an extra work on top of that. There's only so many hours in the day and then it's a stressful time for many yeah. anyway, because they've given up, they've had to give up maybe some other hobbies, not see friends and family as much as they want, might have elder relatives to care for, whatever, kids who can't go to school. I mean, yeah. even though we're over quite a bit of that now, you'd like to think, what what's your advice to, uh, whether it be mortgage brokers, estate agents, lawyers yeah. even, who, you know, are looking to manage their working diary and ensure they get the very most out of that working week and meet those challenges? Sure. That's a great question. And I mean, ultimately, you know, this has happened this year, 2020, it's happened. We cannot change it. So it's all comes back to how we deal with what we're being presented to. So anytime something happens in our life, we either react to it. And when we react, we give our power away or we can respond to it. When we respond, we stay in control. So the first thing I would be saying to everybody is, it is what it is, it's happened. And my three kind of prong approaches, it is what it is, harvest the good, forgive the rest. And what that really means is it has happened. We can't change it, we can't erase it. So we've got to find the good in it. Now, the lovely thing about when you start to understand uh, quantum physics, which is the thing that I specialize in is, Everything in this universe, everything in this world has an opposite. You know, there's an inside to this room and there's an outside to the room. There's a front and there's a back. There's an up, there's a down, there's an on and there's an off. So when there is a problem, there is always a solution. And when there is, you know, these struggles and these crazy times, there is also bliss and there is also calmness and serenity. But it was only what you focus on. So really what it comes down to, and this ties in with, you know, looking at time, looking at routines, looking at diaries is we are all governed by our thinking. Our thoughts are what are creating our reality. You know, you're, you're mentioning it's a very difficult time, but I also work with many, many people in that industry and it's been some of their best months. One of my clients has multiplied his business by 95% in the last five months. One guy's been bringing in, uh, I think he got five multi-million dollar or multi-million pound mortgage contracts through in England this week. So you got to remember, not everybody is struggling. And when we're in groups of people who are struggling, we talk about the struggle. And that obviously uh, amplifies it. So essentially what we've got to realize is it's our attitude to life that will be life's attitude to us. And when I talk about attitude, 
it's not just some nice little cute saying it your attitude is the composite of your thoughts feelings and behaviors now i think everybody will agree that our results are a direct reflection of what we go out and do but what we teach is actually let's take out a step back it's not just your behaviors because what creates behavior well it's the mindset our thinking is what stimulates behavior which then goes out and gets a result in life so that is where results come from our thoughts so when we come to looking at time when we come to looking at there's a lot of work well the bottom line is we all get the same 24 hours in the day so the biggest misconception that I see in the business world is time management. It's like my pet hate, okay? And simply because there's no such thing. It cannot even remotely exist. You can't manage time. So the key is not to manage time, but to manage our activities. And this is where most people haven't a clue what end is up. And if, you know, they get to the end of the week, and I mean, I'm, I'm not getting it anyone. I lived that too, but we get to the end of the week and we've been working so hard, but we look at the calendar or the diary and we go, what exactly did we do? And that's what really causes frustration, anxiety. It's, it's this perpetual running after trying to get ahead. And actually what we've got to do is we've got to slow down and speed up in the mind. We've got to start to... Um, really look at, am I reacting or am I responding? What is my priorities? What are the income producing activities that I need to do? Like so many professionals at all levels are doing jobs that are below their pay grade. Trivial stuff, admin, all this stuff that you should not be doing. So one of the big things that I help individuals is to create some order in their working life so if they can go home and be with their loved ones and actually switch off because people go home and spend time with their loved ones but they're still switched on I was that person I used to sit in the sofa and watch the film but in my mind I'm like going blah, 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 blah. and we all do it and that's that's not great you're there in body but you're not there in mind so the key really is is you've got to understand what your job role is if you need other people like I have another like little three days to remember you either do it, you either delegate it, or you ditch it. And we don't do that enough because the things that we need to ditch, I mean, we're missing things anyway. So you might as well ditch them or delegate it out to somebody else. So the key is we've got to stop trying to fix things on the outside. The solution to all of our problems is internal because it's our thinking, it's our habitual patterns, our habits and our beliefs and our confidence that is actually what is creating our results in life. Yeah, like you say, you know, if you're going to be at the party, yeah. be at the party, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And I think um, it's interesting what you say. I mean, I must have spoken to, I reckon this year, and I'm not joking, I reckon I've probably, I would say between 300 and 400 people, I would say it. I would say either self-employed or at management level or even at 15, 20, 30 million pound turnover organizations yeah. and, and across a number of different sectors. Um, that includes uh, legal, insurance, um, property, software. And it's amazing that and this is kind of what I used to be like um, in that all of them pretty much start any conversation or anything along the lines of, I'm just, I haven't got the time. Yeah. Or not for what I'm asking for or whatever. I just say, 
how are things? And it's basically, oh, I'm rammed or I just haven't got the time. And um, I'd say it's probably 50-50, but probably 60-40 in terms of whether I'm sort of looking at, um, not selling, but whether I'm looking at a partnership with them and it being mutually beneficial. Yeah. Probably 40% of the time, it's probably the other way around mm-hmm. in the way that this year's gone. Um, and I find it interesting because if I judge the sort of 40% portion that sort of approached me, yeah. or, or the companies as an example, I find it really interesting. They've approached me and I'll go, okay, this is, um, let's proceed. Mm-hmm. And I'll end up being me mm-hmm. potentially chasing yeah. them, if you like. Yeah. And I think exactly what you've just said is true, that it, what, it genuinely wasn't until probably late last year that I realised that's been my biggest problem. Plate spinner, firefighter, yeah, um, almost living by the minute. And um, both my physical, mental well-being, um, everything. It was only actually when I, t- to be honest, it was um, it was a, a, a guy that I'd met and worked with called George, but it was also um, a Tony Robbins thing that I'd seen, mm-hmm. and that he was talking about. Um, I sort of tweaked it a bit, but it was called OPA. Mm-hmm. So it's like outcome, plan, and action. And, and what I ended up doing, which is, which works for me, won't work for everyone, is okay. just on a Sunday, whether it's the yeah. first thing in the morning or last thing at night, is actually just going back to the blueprint of, right, if my body and my mind isn't in good nick, I'm no good to my kids. And that's the most important thing for me. So actually saying I'll do anything for my kids and putting them first is no good because mm-hmm. when like I was no good, like I was bang average as a dad for a while and mm. that's not good enough. So yeah. it was kind of like, actually my mental and physical health needs to be number one. Yep. Then after, and that obviously includes nutrition, you're working out and everything else. And then the second thing was, you know, kids, fun, all the things that you think, what, you know, if you were at your funeral, what would you want people to talk about? Yeah. Cause at, yeah. at the end of the day, how you are through the week is, is how people then, that's what they live, not the thought. You could be the kindest person internally, couldn't you? But yeah. if your uh, output, if you like, is pretty yeah. horrendous, then yeah. that's unfortunate everyone sees. And I think the other thing for me was what you just said there was actually auditing my time. I think that's the big thing for people. Yeah. I used to come up with the excuse of, well, no, I've got these doing that. The kids don't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, my little boy's got his own needs that that we need to meet. I, I don't get time to even do X or do Y or do me football anymore or anything like that. There's not enough time. I actually think one of the best things in that little quiet Sunday morning or Sunday night, and it's awful to do it, by the way, is when you actually think about them little times when you scroll through your phone and them mm-hmm. little times when you've gone through social media and the times where you think you're relaxing, but you're not, whether it's yeah. like, I think I'm going to watch TV or... Um, yeah. whatever it is that you might think you're doing by the time I actually add up and I'm terrible for this if I'm um, we're on a, a tight time schedule today but I'm terrible for this that if I'm bouncing off someone in a meeting I just get lost in the in the moment yeah and what should be a 20 minute meeting with me can easily become what people some people say two hours and probably straight there but when you audit the time it makes a big difference and I, one of the big things this year I've seen to think actually I think mortgage brokers have a skill set that is that a lot of other sectors could follow on that a lot of their stuff's out of their control if you think about it like com- uh, conveyance and lawyers um, lenders differences in criteria clients circumstances changing with employment or, or anything like that and they've got to spin a lot of plates and chase a lot of people with the pressure of you know i, I eat what i kill 
basically. And I think, especially in the legal sector, I would say I could count on one hand, genuinely, I reckon, how many law firms um, since March have gone. This is overjumped. We need to turn down work. We can't cope mm -hmm. without any of them having any fun. And I can count on one hand how many firms that I'm aware of, and I'm talking hundreds here, that have actually changed their internal structures or done something internally to relieve that pressure. That's exactly what you, like literally the majority of that market is just stumbling one day to the next. And they haven't taken the handbrake off and go, we're going to take two hours out or we're going to find two hours to have a meeting to sort this and grow and take advantage of this opportunity and actually like update clients more, yeah. get yeah. in touch with them more, deliver a better service more. Whereas actually there's a few exceptions Mm -hmm. But mainly through the market, you've just seen complaints about lawyers this year rise, sadly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, you, you know, it's so interesting. I, I, I totally take all that on board. And I suppose the most important thing for every individual is to actually not think about those things. Now, that's where the trick comes in, because... You know, there is evidence out there. You've seen it. You know people. There has been hard times. But my uh, methodology around it is, well, whatever we think about is what we attract into our life. We live in a universe that operates by universal laws that govern everything. We can't get around that. It doesn't change for anybody. The problem is most people are ignorant to these laws. And they're working against themselves when they could actually open up to have more ease, flow, and joy in their business. This is how I've helped so many individuals create that mental freedom, which creates the freedom out here. But the big problem is two things that I kind of picked up in what you were saying is people can audit. I mean, we're not, we're not silly people. We can all look at our calendar and go, right, it should be like this, and it should be like that, it should be like that. That's not the problem. The problem is we don't stick to it. The problem is you can have this beautiful, wonderful color coordinated calendar, but it means diddly squat because we don't do it. And this is why I kind of crack up when I hear about time management, because it's easy to say how you want your day to go, that it's not easy to do it. And the reason that it's not easy to do it is because we don't understand why we don't do what we already know how to do. So I could ask all of your viewers, have you, do you know right now how to do 1% better in your life, in your marriage, in your business, in your health? And the answer will be yes across the board. And my question is, why do we not do 1% better if we know how to do it? And the answer to that is because where our results come from is our subconscious mind. And that controls 96 to 98% of everything we do. So it's like autopilot. We don't even have to think, we just do it. But our conscious mind, which is where we do think and where we have our intellect, it controls two to 4%. So we build this diary with our consciousness or two to 4% and go, yep, this is perfect. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do all these wonderful things. But when the time comes and the alarm goes off, the internal mechanism, your subconscious mind, which is in more control, 94 to 96% of your behaviors, it clicks in and goes, no, no, you roll over and hug the pillow. Or you roll over and worry about your workload. 
So we have these thoughts and this unconscious dialogue that's running all the time. And the other part to that is, and why most people don't slow down, is because it's it's governed by fear. They're worried about money. Because no matter who you are and what you say, money is very important. It's not the be end and end all. It does not make you happy, but it does make the world go round and it is vital for our economy and it's vital for us. But in this world that we're living in at the minute, the money has not changed. Nothing has changed. Money is the exact same. What has changed is circumstance. Now, when you understand what money is and money is energy, that's all it is. That's all that it is, is energy. Then you can start to crack the code because real wealth equals ideas and energy. So the people that are going to emerge into this new economy, and I mean, we haven't, this isn't the first time this has happened. You read the books, Think and Grow Rich, you read all of those books. They talk about the great depressions that follow. The roaring 20s. Exactly. The 1920s, everyone was living it up. Yeah, totally. But there's the same amount of money then as there was now. Now, that's the part that people kind of go, what does that mean? That doesn't make sense. But money, like the money we hold in our hand is just paper and coins. That's currency. It's a it's a symbol. Money comes from ideas. And that's where you can become very wealthy. Ideas of how to uh, give more value to your clients. Ideas of how you can restructure your business. Creative thinking is what takes us out of the competitive way of working. And that's who is going to lead. That's who's going to win in the new economy because we're not worried about what is. We're not thinking about all the doom and gloom. We're over here focused on the solution, focused on how we can create because the money hasn't changed. Now, what I would say on that is I do think that the money and whose hands it in is changing. I think we're going into one of those areas of life where it kind of flips. And since 3% of the population are earning most of the money, I think that 3% is going to change. And I think this is now our opportunity to decide, do you want to be in the 97% who earns 3% of the money? Or do we want to be in the 3% that earns the 97? So I know what group I want to be in. And uh, that's that all comes down to my thinking and how I, I operate on a daily basis. The... How would you uh, recommend people keep um, over-delivering to clients, um, you know, to try and maximise repeat business and word of mouth referrals? You know, unfortunately, in some sectors, when people are busy and stressed, sort of customer service can be one of the things that suffer. So, mm-hmm. you know, in such a competitive environment, what would your advice be for people to make sure they, they do over-deliver for their clients and, and yeah. maximise that so they get that repeat business and word of mouth referral? Yeah, uh, and it's a, I suppose it's a complex answer. It takes a wee bit more time. But what I would say is, is I don't think businesses have any problem in doing it. I just think they don't do it. You go into any business this week and go into any boardroom, I guarantee you they are talking about problems. I guarantee you they are talking about how do we get new clients. And this is where we've got to really realize is if we cannot treat the people that we've already got well, if we can't have a gratitude and a grateful attitude for these people, you're not going to attract new customers. That's that's just the fundamental laws. Okay, so what we've got to really put our time and energy into is not putting people off work and taking their jobs to them. We should be developing people. So our staff and our team first, we need to develop our team, not manage our team. 
And once we have locked in and a company has locked in their team, and I think every business owner should know their team's goals. Like not often enough do we talk about goals and yet goals is what helps people grow and expand. So when you have a team working in harmony with the company goal, then as a part of that ethos and that attitude, you then spend more time in those board meetings, not talking about what wrong and why it happens and how awful it is, but let's again flip over into a creative way of thinking and think, how can we deliver more? Now, I don't know the answer because we're talking to people of many different companies, but your people know the answers. In fact, you know the answer. The difficulty is we haven't stopped to think because we're firefighting. So the answers are always here. When there's a problem, there's always a solution. We just have to be thinking on what I would call the right frequency. If we're tuned into Radio 1, I can only hear Radio 1 music. If I want to know what's on uh, classical FM, I got to tune in to classical FM. Well, our mind operates on frequencies. We think on frequency waves. So if you're on the frequency wave of a problem and worrying about money and all the rest of it, do you think you're going to hear the answer of how to deliver more and how to attract more clients? No. So we've got to flip the mind and the thinking that is where then together, and if we take every member of a company or a business, think of them as a battery, put them all together, you've compounded the energy. So when you have a group of people thinking in the alignment of how do we improve our quality of service to our clients, there's going to be some great ideas come out of that. So I don't think the difficulty is in finding the ideas. I think, again, it comes back to are we disciplined and are we in the habit of sitting down every month to think about how we can extend our service and value. That's where we need to be spending more time. And I think we're just focusing in the wrong direction. I think that, that is literally all that it takes. We don't need to work harder. We don't need to do more. We need to work less and we need to think more. And that is totally, totally not what we were brought up to do. We were taught go to school, work hard. So that is ingrained in our DNA. And now when you've got somebody like me coming along going, hold on, you can work less and earn more. Like I have a client who was a pretty much a brand new lady into the mortgage uh, brokerage. And she was coming in as a newbie and she had two people on her team. And she's been working with me now for six months. She has now got three offices, 21 staff, and she's turned her annual income into a monthly income. All right. All she changed was her mindset, her thinking. And if you look at any top performer in this world, they all talk about mindset. They all talk about subconscious programming. So that's where we've just, we got to go to the root cause of results. Then all this other stuff, it doesn't even matter because it won't happen. On, on that kind of subject, I mean, for people who are maybe, there might be people listening to this who may be uh, sort of excelling in their personal life, if you like. Um, but but what you know are not happy with how the business is or there might be people who are like you know business is flying really happy and comfortable in that environment but you know actually maybe I'm not in the sort of passionate relationship that I want to be in or maybe I'm having issues in it, whether it be friends families kids what would your advice be for people to try and strike that right balance not just in terms of like time but in terms of sure. you know, the, the mindset and, the, and, 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 and how you uh, approach yeah. those areas of your life very simple. I would say take yourself off for 
a day or an evening with a pen and paper. And I think get back to what is your goals in life? Because the goals are going to clearly outline what we want, what we want in a relationship, what we want in business, all the details. We want to start focusing on that. Because again, if I was, you know, if I just bumped into somebody and I said, well, how's business? Very few people go, oh, it is brilliant, Kim. No, they turn around and go, oh, well, you know, it's been a difficult year, blah, blah, blah. And the, my point is, our mind is energy, okay? Energy. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm really frustrated that I've got too much business, or I'm really frustrated I've got none. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's always a complaint. My point is, it's always a negative answer. Now, again, go back to these frequencies. You can't be in a negative frequency thinking lack and expect to attract abundance. I mean, it, it just doesn't happen. It absolutely, you can work as hard as you want. You will never see results. And we should be able to look back and go, actually, this is true. I've been working harder and it's not working. So if you want harmony in your business and in your personal life, we've got to take time out to actually ask ourselves, well, do I have goals for my personal life? Do I have goals for my business? Because without goals, and moving forward, you're moving backwards. And when we move backwards, if you're not creating, you're disintegrating. That's when relationships fall apart. That's when businesses fall apart because we've got lost in the rut of just keeping treading water instead of aiming for growth and expansion, which always brings the best of you and a person out, which of course then lends to having family time, you know, enjoying a relationship, Many professionals are in marriages that are not where they want to be. A lot of people are in habit, not in love. And we are scared to stop. I mean, that is what we, we are all terrified. And we don't even know what we're terrified of. But it's too scary sometimes to even press the pause button. But what I say to people is, if you don't press that pause button, the stop button will come. And, you know, it's interesting. The first part of our life, most of us are trying to get more money. In the second part of our life, we're all trying to get more time. And what I'm trying to say is we can have time and money the entire time, but you've got to get mental order. You've got to know where you're going. And then you've got to look at where you're at and ask yourself, are my habits, are my beliefs, are my, you know, how I see myself? Is that in alignment with the person I want to become? That's when you line that up on the inside, it will always produce on the outside. And in the um, in terms of the people you've worked with, sort yep. of in the property sector, mm -hmm. um, have you got any anyone? You know, you you tell this what a fantastic story that is, by the way, about you know working with people to grow the business where they're yeah. earning you know the annual salary in a month and the growth of the offices. Yeah. Um, what are the common things that you know you've seen working with property professionals? If you like, is do, is are you able to use the same sort of strategies and the same techniques? If you like, or have you got to tailor your work, Kim, for for the particular sector, or is there a bit of an overlap? Um, it it is the same process. Is you got to realize that results in in anything, whether I've worked with Olympic champions, I've worked with Premiership footballers, I've worked with people in property, I've worked with I've worked with everybody stay-at-home moms who just want to start a business on the side, people who don't even want a business and they just want gold. 
The point is, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. The science of quantum physics, the science that underpins how our minds work is the same no matter what you do. So when you're working with human potential and performance, we all work the same way. It's up to you what, how, if you want to be in property, go to property. But at the end of the day, we all want more clients. We all want more time. We all want more money. Freedom is what really we're all searching for. But freedom in a way so that we love what we do and we get to show up and create. So it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. The fundamental of each of us as human beings is that we all work the same way, but we forgot that we're human beings and we've now become human doings, you know? And, and also, you know, depending on your age range, shall we say, you're going to be more, you know, this is a whole load of rubbish. You know, if I think of my dad, who is in his 70s, a very successful entrepreneur in his day, he, he just thinks I'm absolutely nuts. But yet what I'm trying to say to him is, well, dad, hold on a wee minute. I'm driving around in that Ferrari that you always wanted and never bought. So how am I the one that's nuts? Uh, you know, and I was working with a guy who is actually working around to yours on Christmas Day. That'll be interesting. I know, I know. But I was working with a guy who was a, um, uh, you know, an older gentleman, and he came to work with me. And he said, "Look, Kim, I'm a wee bit pessimistic. I'm not sure if this is real. I went, that's okay. Let's just try it." And his goal, he's in investment, and his goal was to get six million under investment in this year. And I worked with him for six months. Well. We set the goals. He wanted six million under management. And within, I think, the first two weeks, because I helped him start to organize his business and delegate and attract people in, he ended up doing 12 million on a Tuesday afternoon. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't because he went out and found all these people to get money. He found one person that was able to find all the other people. So what we've got to realize is, it's all about masterminding. It's all about being with the people in that high frequency, working with the 3%. Um, and that's what really starts to open things up. But that was the same guy who was looking at me like, this can't happen. But I tell you, with 12 million in his account in the Tuesday afternoon, he was happy he listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And for people who want to um, learn more about what you do, for people who might want to sign up, what does, what does that look like Kim how how does someone go about using the resources um that you put out there uh, yeah. both into the public domain and in terms of your one-to-one -one work sure well um we do a lot of different things um I, I'm the main mentor of my company there's nobody else does that uh, and we've got several different programs several different services I do a one-to-one -one service um I work with a couple of multi-million uh, dollar CEOs who are wanting to scale their business. So they would normally go for the one-to-one -one package. Um, and that's really where I'm just working with them on their stuff for the entire six months. Then I have other programs uh, around sales psychology and how to actually the art of selling and the science of closing. And I have lots of different business development programs. The point being, I don't, like you can't even find my programs if you look on the internet because I don't believe in cookie cutter advice. I don't believe in one thing suits all. Yes, it's the one science, but what we do and what we specialize in, why we get good results is we talk to people. I find out where you're at. And if I can help you, I will. If I can't, I'll sign post you. 
So really, if anyone's listening to this and, and this has piqued their interest, um, reach out, book a call. We can have a chat and, and figure out a plan. And if it fits, great. And if it doesn't, then no harm done. Um, where do you, what does the next 12 months look like for you and um Oh, it's getting big. It's getting big. The next 12 months looks, well, like some of it I can say and some of it I can't say, but let's just say it's going to be big. Go on, tell us. There's going to be, well, there's non-disclosures been signed and everything. That's how big it is. But the next 12, next 12 months for me certainly is uh, to take the business over uh, 21 million. That's my personal goal. And uh, we're going to be doing that uh, and expanding our services all over the world globally. We've a new ambassador team coming on board. And uh, I've just launched my other company, Dynamite Digital, which now allows me, because I see clients coming in, they get all these creative new ideas, especially actually because we're talking about referrals. One of the big things I see in, in this marketplace is it's all word of mouth. And that is amazing. That's gold. But what about all the other people that want your services as well? And we get so busy serving the referrals. We need to have systems in place that are also catching all these others and bringing them in. So what I have seen in my business is there's a lot of systems and processes missing to help people leverage their time. So we've built a company, Dynamite Digital, which now provides platforms for people to have lead generation, CRMs, uh, landing pages, sales pages, all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, big things. It's all very exciting. And I'm going to be probably in America, hopefully in the middle of the year, working with Bob Proctor. Uh, quiet 2021. I know, not much happening. <laughs> Bless you. Well, that's it for this week, everyone. Thank you so much, Kim, for giving up your time. Um, really enjoyed that personally. And you've been an absolutely fantastic guest. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Please go and check out Kim and Dynamite Lifestyle. Um, you can go on the website. We'll be putting stuff out on social and on our website too. Uh, we're a big fan of, of Kim and her team. And um, you'll find plenty of information uh, across all our social media channels. Please share and spread the word about the MLC show for property professionals. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please hit us with a five-star review. And remember to check out the products and services at the mortgagebrokerclub.co.uk. But more importantly, please stay well and take care.